0: Has anybody, any of you guys, have you ever said, oh, I'll remember, and then the events of that day or even that week completely knock that thing out of your head and you never remember that thing again? And then you start wandering around about a month later, say, I know I put that thing in that place, so I'd remember where I put it, and then you can't find it? Anybody ever do that? Amen. Uh, and so we, we think we, we can remember it and something whether it's something we, we do immediately after that or it's something that happens later on, it just completely knocks it out of our brain. And we just don't remember it. Well, there was some time ago, I, uh, I sat down with a guy uh, who I greatly respect. And he's kind of a, uh, he was, at the time, giving me some direction and uh, some wisdom, uh, become a mentor. And uh, I was asking him all kinds of questions uh, about a variety of things. And he gave me this one... Pearl of wisdom. It's really the only thing I remember from that meeting, <laughs> but he, he said, if it's not written down, it's not. You're just not gonna remember it. It's just not gonna be. It's not going to happen if you don't write it down, or, or maybe you don't put it in your phone. It's just it disappears. It just into the oblivion. It's out of your head. Uh, like on Sunday mornings, if some of you, if one of you guys will come to me and, and ask a question or or want to know something or, or want want me to do something, uh, I'll either say, call me tomorrow, text me tomorrow, or wait a second, I need to write it down, because I guarantee you, it's gone, the second I walk out the door, it just disappears, and you've got to write it down, or it's just not going to be there anymore, if it's not written down, it's not, even if you go around, and and you say, I have a photographic memory, you don't, you don't, (laughs) you you may brag, you do, but you really don't, Uh, you remember the things you remember, and everything else is gone, uh, disappeared out of your brain, or you remember it wrongly, uh, even though you don't want to admit it. Maybe it does. But what we're going to look today is, is a situation with Joseph, who we've been looking at these last few weeks uh, from the Old Testament, uh, and, and it's it's a, it's something that he mentions in his uh, direction to Pharaoh uh, that I think is very telling about the future of Israel and the followers of Jesus on into us. Uh, And it has to do with remembering, how to remember, and why it's so important to do that uh, in the face of what is coming towards us. So we're going to be looking at the life of Joseph. We're on page uh, 34, if you're going to use a Bible there on the rack in front of you. You can grab one of those Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible at home, take that Bible home. That is your Bible. Uh, Take it home, write your name in it, that's yours. You can keep it. Um, But we're going to be in Genesis chapter 41, it will be on the screens, uh, if you're watching online, it will be right below me on, on whatever screen you're watching this on. Uh, and so we're looking at the life of Joseph, and Joseph is a young man who was 17. He was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery uh, in a foreign nation he'd never been to but always heard about. It was a very hard and difficult place. He served uh, as a slave in the house of Potiphar, who was an official of Pharaoh, and then Potiphar's wife accused Joseph of some things he didn't do, and so he was thrown into prison. And he served in prison for a while. Uh, But being in prison, uh, he did some things for some guys who were in there, helped them out. Uh, They needed some dreams interpreted. And Joseph, uh, the Lord spoke through him and interpreted those visions. And uh, the visions came true. One of the guys was let out of prison and given his old job back, and the other one was executed. But Joseph told the guy who was going to be getting his old job back, he said, when you get out and get your old job back, which was the cupbearer of the king, uh, which that role traditionally was one of the best friends of the king uh, because it was his job to make sure everything the king drank was poison-free. And so the king needed to know that this guy was on his side, that this guy was extremely loyal. And uh, so usually this position was of close friend of the king. And so he said, when you get out of prison, Joseph told the cupbearer, I want you to mention to Pharaoh that I helped you out. I'm in prison, but not for my fault, somebody else's fault. Tell mention this to Pharaoh, that I helped you, his friend, and he'll let me out of prison. Well, that guy got out of prison and uh, forgot about Joseph, completely forgot about him for two whole years. And so Joseph is sitting in his prison, anticipating, undoubtedly, every, any moment somebody's going to come and pull him out of prison because that guy said he would remember me, but he forgot. Verse 1 of Genesis chapter 41. After two whole years... Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile, and behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass, and behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile, and then the ugly, thin cows ate up the seven attractive plump cows, and Pharaoh awoke. Reading this as a kid, that always sounded like a nightmare to me. You've got these fat cows and these really scrawny, gaunt cows. They come out of the Nile, and then they start eating the other cows. Um, some vampire cow action. I mean, this is just, you know. And then, of course, it said Pharaoh woke up. He's like, oh, that's some crazy dreams going on over here. I mean, you've got the cows eating the cows. And this, is, this is just nuts. And so he wakes up, but he's able to calm himself down and go back to sleep. Verse 5. And he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk. And behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind. That means scorched. Now, in this region of the world, there was this wind uh, that was incredibly hot wind that would sweep across Egypt uh, to the point that the wind was so hot and so violent, it would almost burn the crops. Uh, and so when this wind would come, they would try to set a protection to keep the wind from getting to the crops. And so that's the wind he's talking about here. So when Pharaoh dreams this, he knows, okay, those are crops that no way protected and they've been scorched by this, this wind. And so you've got these seven ears that are good, seven ears that are, that are scorched. Verse seven, and the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump, full ears, and Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Now, I, I don't know how... <laughs> Uh, ears of grain gobble up other ears of grain but somehow Pharaoh's having these crazy dreams verse 8 in the morning his spirit was troubled and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men Pharaoh told them his dreams but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh Now, last week, we looked at those two guys who were in prison. They had their dreams. Same wording. They were troubled by their dreams. But they weren't troubled because of what they dreamed. Those guys in prison were troubled because they didn't have access to the dream experts. Well, Pharaoh's got access to all those guys. And he calls all his dream experts in the room, his magicians, his wise men, the the guys we we learned last week. who They had this big, almost dream library with these dream books uh, that were in it. And he called those guys in, these wise men. That's who these guys are. And they said, okay, tell me what these dreams mean with the cows, with the ears of grain. Tell me exactly what this means. And none of them could tell Pharaoh what they meant. I mean, they're looking in, the, in the, you know, the index of their dream books. Well, I got nothing in here about cows, Pharaoh. I don't know what's going on with the cow eating the other cow. That's just weird. Uh, so I don't know what in the world that means, which is a dangerous thing to tell the king. When he asks you to do something and you say, I can't do it. That's a dangerous thing to say. We learn actually later on in the book of Daniel when some guys tell the king, we can't interpret your dream. The king's going to kill all those guys who can't interpret his dream. And so these guys are saying this to Pharaoh. We can't interpret your dream. We don't know what it means. And so this is concerning, not just to Pharaoh, but to all of those guys there. But we who maybe have read this before or we who are followers of Jesus know what's really going on here Pharaoh is looking for meaning in a place that cannot provide meaning. He's going to these experts, these wise men, these magicians, to find meaning for his dream. When this dream he received, this vision he received, is from the Lord, and so he's not going to find meaning in guys who are not seeking the Lord to give him meaning. He's trying to find meaning in, in what culture says is okay. Culture says this is the way it's done. You go to these magicians. You go to these wise men. This is where you find meaning. But that's not where the real meaning lies. His go-to source for answers was not going to cut it this time. Because meaning only comes from the Lord. You're only going to find meaning from the Lord. So for your life, for your kids, for your parents, for for whatever situation is, is happening, you're not going to find meaning in any other area. You can pro and con list the thing to death, but you're not going to find meaning in a pro and con list. You're only going to find meaning from the Lord. You may never find out why something is happening, but you can still find meaning from the Lord. You can find purpose from the Lord. And that comes next to Pharaoh, verse 9. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offense today. I remember my my offense today. That word offense, the idea is almost he's saying I remember my sins today. I have sinned against someone. I have sinned against, and so the chief cupbearer, here's Pharaoh, here's the guys, you know, they can't interpret his his visions, and so the chief cupbearer who's always standing at Pharaoh's side speaks up, oh, hey, Pharaoh, (laughs) I've done something really bad. (laughs) I forgot somebody. I forgot Somebody, I forgot somebody who can help in this situation. But he didn't forget because it was his own brain just letting it fly out. He forgot because the Lord didn't want him to remember yet. Because it wasn't his time to remember yet. He didn't, Joseph didn't need to get out of prison yet because Pharaoh hadn't had the dream yet. Joseph was left in prison for this exact moment. He didn't know it. He was in prison rotting for two years in Egypt. He had no idea why he was in prison. No, he's, at this point he's 30 years old so he's been gone from home for 13 years 13 years he's been gone he can almost not even remember what home was like anymore he was a slave and then he was in prison and uh the chief cupbearer says i remember my offense because this exact this moment is when god needed pharaoh to come out of prison It wasn't two years ago when he wanted to get out, when it was his plan to have the cupbearer go and mention it to Pharaoh so he could sneak out. That wasn't what God wanted. God's plan for him to get out of the trouble that he was in was at this exact moment. Because him getting out was for more than just his own benefit. Him getting out was not only going to be for his benefit, it was going to be for the benefit of the whole nation of Egypt. And every nation that was touching Egypt was going to benefit from this exact moment even his own family. The history of the nation of Israel hinged on this moment because he had to wait for this moment. This exact moment was what was needed. Verse 10. When Pharaoh, so this is the chief cupbearer telling the story to Pharaoh. When you, Pharaoh, were angry with his servants, your servants, and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, we dreamed on the same night, he and I, each having a dream with its own interpretation. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about. I was restored to my office, and the baker was hanged. So Pharaoh hears this. Okay, we got, there's somebody here in prison, who, who, who's, in, who's a dream interpreter, who's a vision interpreter, and, and it happened the way exactly, and this guy in prison who interpreted these visions did not have access to the dream books, so somehow he's got a divine connection that I need to use. And so Pharaoh's getting excited now. None of his experts could do it, but this cupbearer knew, knows of a guy who can. Verse 14, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit, And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. So this is a lot hinging on Joseph. Joseph said to Pharaoh, Behold, in, or uh, sorry, Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Now, reading through this you know, a few weeks ago when I started this research process, it didn't really strike me at first. But then I, I began to read a little slower. And you notice in that moment, Pharaoh sought his experts, nobody could answer him. His cupbearer interrupts and says, I've got somebody who can help you. Then Pharaoh makes that statement. I have heard it said that you, uh, when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. But Joseph doesn't hesitate to give God the credit. It would have been easy to stay silent. I mean, it doesn't seem like a big deal. He said, I mean, Joseph interpreted the dream, but it wasn't really him who did it. God did it, spoke it to him, and then he spoke it. And, and, and Pharaoh said that, and Joseph doesn't allow the credit to rest on him. He doesn't hesitate. He immediately says, it's not me, it's God. And again, think about the context of this of this moment in history what joseph is doing is he is correcting pharaoh in front of everyone in the court pharaoh just said it was you and joseph is basically saying you're wrong it's not me it's god a god you don't even believe in pharaoh your gods aren't real my god can interpret that dream you're talking about that's what joseph is saying to pharaoh in this moment that takes a lot of courage that takes uh, <laughs> i mean I'm thinking, if I'm Joseph, I might just keep my mouth shut (laughs) because here's a guy who can execute anybody and nobody holds him accountable. He can do whatever he wants. He just doesn't like the way you look at him and you're gone. I mean, it says there, uh, Joseph had to have everything shaved. You know, to be in front of Pharaoh, you had to have no hair anywhere visible. I mean, he could have just missed one eyebrow. Boom, you're gone. You're out of here. I'm just killing you right now because of that eyebrow you missed. Eyebrow hair you missed. And uh, Joseph corrects him and says, no, Pharaoh, it's not me. It's not me who can do it. It's God who can do it. But you see, Joseph, as we've seen throughout his entire life these last few weeks, is faithful. He is faithful to God no matter what. And what faithfulness does, faithfulness will not keep what rightfully belongs to God. Faithfulness will never keep what rightfully belongs to God. Whether it be credit, like here, where he's trying to give credit to Joseph, and Joseph says, it's not me. You got to give credit to God. Faithfulness will never keep what rightfully belongs to God, even at risk of offense. I mean, he's risking offending Pharaoh, the king of the most powerful nation on the planet at this point in history. But he's still going to give credit to God because he was faithful. Faithful Uh, faithfulness will not keep what rightfully belongs to god even if it's skills or abilities or gifts or money or time faithfulness will not keep what rightfully belongs to god and so joseph out of faithfulness spoke to pharaoh and said it's not me pharaoh it's god and so Pharaoh just accepts that and then tells Joseph his dream, his two dreams, about the cows, fat cows, skinny cows, skinny cows, they ate the fat cows. Then you got the, the heads of grain and you got the, the scorched ones, the ruined ones, the spoiled ones, eating the ones that were good and plump and, and perfect. And Joseph hears these dreams and look at what he says in verse uh, 25. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do the seven good cows are seven years and the seven good ears are seven years the dreams are one the seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years and the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also seven years of famine it is i uh, it is as i told pharaoh god has shown to pharaoh what he is about to do there will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, there will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe. Joseph goes on to say... God gave you two dreams because it's set in stone. It's going to happen. Joseph tells Pharaoh, what you need to do, Pharaoh, is you need to find somebody who's really wise, set him over the whole country. He'll gather up all the crops during the good year so that you can have crops, stuff to eat during the bad years. Pharaoh says, that's a great idea, Joseph. You're the guy. I'm putting you in charge of everything. You're second in command of the whole nation. So in one moment, Joseph goes from the bottom of the barrel prison to being the second in command of everything in the whole nation, all because God used him and he was being faithful to what God had for him. But I want to point something out to you, it's something that I had never noticed before. It's in verse 31, so he had just said about what the dream means, seven good years followed by seven bad years, seven years of abundance followed by seven years of famine. Uh, And Then he says, and the plenty, the abundance, will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very uh, severe. So the plenty, the abundance, will be forgotten because of how severe the famine was. He's telling them this in advance. But in truth, until we are no longer on this earth, there will always be a severe famine coming to make us forget the abundance of God in our lives, whatever it may be. Because that's the enemy's goal is to make us forget God and forget his hand in us, on us, to to forget his role in our lives, to forget what he's done for us. I don't know if you've ever read Screwtape Letters. It's a book by C.S. Lewis, uh, the great Christian thinker. Uh, and He wrote it uh, as though it is a uh, uh, a big, higher-up, high-ranking demon writing a low-ranking demon about tempting a guy. Uh, C.S. Lewis actually said he could only write that book in spurts because it would mess with his head. Um, But in the book, the high-ranking demon writes to the low-ranking demon and says, if you can't get the guy to sin, just distract him. Distract him from what God is doing in his life. And that will lead him away from where God wants him to be. And so Joseph is saying uh, to Pharaoh that God spoke through Joseph, the famine, the hard years, the difficult things that will come will make everybody forget how abundant things were. It will be so severe, they're going to forget how good it was. They're going to forget all that God had done for them. They're going to forget how good everything was in the land because of how hard it seems to be in the moment. They're going to forget. You see, famine is despair. Famine is hopelessness. And sometimes that famine, that hopelessness, that despair will make us forget what God has done for us. Or it will make us misremember how it used to be. And we'll misremember what God had done before. Because we're interpreting it through the famine we're experiencing now in the moment. But we're not supposed to forget. We're supposed to remember. The Lord tells us to remember. Let me give you a couple scriptures. Psalm 103, uh, verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now go back to that verse real quick, Stacy. Forget not all his benefits. All of them. Every, forget not. Don't forget what God's done for you. Remember, if it's not written down, it's not. It's easy to forget just random things. Where you put your pen, where you put your keys, where you put your phone. But we're talking about what God has done for you. Huge things. How you are still alive because of his hand in your life. Forget not his, all his benefits. Verse 3 He forgives all your iniquity, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So well, what the psalmist says there is forget not his benefits, and then he lists out some of the benefits of God. This is what God has done. The idea is this is what God has done for me, and I know because he's done it for me, he's done it for you. Re- uh, forget not all his benefits. First Chronicles chapter 16. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and judgments he uttered remember the wondrous works he's done remember them remember all of them not just some not just a few not just the ones that make you look good remember all of his wondrous deeds his hand in your lives that has always his hand that has always been there and now he has there's been reminders throughout history in scripture i mean the rainbow itself is a reminder of god's deliverance with noah and his family When Joshua led the Israelites with with God's direction across the Jordan River, about to to destroy Jericho, the first thing they did when they walked through the river is they set up an altar. And Joshua said, this is a reminder of what God has done for us. The first thing they did, those were the first steps they took in the promised land. They've been hearing about the promised land for 40 years the first thing they did, they stepped into the promised land and they set a reminder. They set a reminder. This is what God has done. God brought us here. They set a reminder to get them there. You see, uh, 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 reminders protect us from the devastation of uh, forgetting. Reminders protect us from the devastation of forgetting. I was reminded this week of the Apollo 13 flight. Anybody know about Apollo 13? You ever see the movie? Tom Hanks flying to the moon. Um, well, it's a true story. We were sending guys to the moon, but on their way to the moon, something exploded on their spacecraft, and then all of a sudden they couldn't go to the moon anymore. It became an emergency of how to get them back to Earth without dying in space. And so they got to the, they they went around the moon and were coming back, and using the moon's gravity to help them get back because they didn't have a lot of fuel. Um, and they had to power down some computers, power up other computers. Well, they were in the process at one point of powering up one of the computers um, to help them you know, get back into the Earth uh, in, uh, through the atmosphere. And uh, they didn't know if the computer would have been frozen because they had to turn off a lot of the heaters because they didn't have enough energy. Um, but so they're in the process of turning everything on. And they had to turn it on very, very quickly. Uh, so that they could use as little power as possible in the process of turning off one computer, turning on the other. And so they had some guys turning off one computer and another guy turning on uh, the computer they thought might have been frozen. But the guy who's was turning on the computer that might have been frozen, he <laughs> wrote him a note on a piece of paper and put it over one button. Uh, and then they all came in there, in the, it was the command module, the section that was gonna come back into Earth and into, uh, uh, into our atmosphere. And they saw that note and they tore it off and he had written no with an exclamation point and put it over this one button. And they said, why'd you do that? Well, that one button was the button that would separate the two sections. <laughs> he said, well, y'all were down there when I was up here and I didn't want—I was getting punchy on the buttons. I didn't want to accidentally flip the switch and then we would get sucked out into space. Uh, he had to give himself a reminder. Uh, you would think that, that's the one thing you're not gonna forget, being in space. Uh, but we all need reminders even sometimes of the most obvious things. Uh, and we may need, I, you go to my office. Lynette, you were in there cleaning this morning. I got post it notes all up by my computer. I got post it notes back in the, in the closet. I got them all over the wall. So, there, with scriptures and other things I need to remember, there was a tracking number I had up there this morning. I, I, the package came. Um, uh, it was uh, some curriculum for one of the Sunday school classes, but it came. So, I wadded that up, threw it away. Didn't need that reminder anymore. Um, And so I've got post-it notes everywhere because I know if it's not written down, it's not going to be in my brain. I've got to have the reminder. Just like that guy in the spacecraft, just like God knew the Israelites, you're going to need reminders. And so he set up these reminders like the rainbow, like the altar across the Jordan River. We all need reminders constantly because as we've seen this morning, you know, we've looked, meaning only comes from the Lord. Faithfulness uh, will not keep what rightfully belongs to God. Reminders protect from the devastation of forgetting. Uh, meaning and giving rightfully to God only occur when we remember who God is and what he's done we're only the meaning that only comes from the Lord the faithfulness of giving rightfully to God we can only do those things when we remember who God is and what he's done Otherwise, we're not going to seek meaning in the Lord. Otherwise, we're not going to give him the credit that he's due or the things that are rightfully his if we don't really remember who he is and what he's done. And what we see throughout all of Scripture, uh, uh, on into the New Testament, is God reminding his people of something, them remembering for about two seconds, and then them forgetting and walking down a path of unfaithfulness. Let me give you an, an example of this. So this process here in Genesis is uh, the people of Israel going to Egypt. Well, there's going to come a time, they're going to be enslaved in Egypt, and they've got to get out. Well, that's where God brings the ten plagues on Egypt. You know, the darkness and the locusts and uh, uh, the fire from heaven and, and uh, uh, all the an- a bunch of the animals dying and uh, the frogs and the, the water to blood and all this stuff is happening. And then Pharaoh, all the firstborn in Egypt die, and the Egyptian or the, the Israelite slaves are allowed to leave. And so they leave Egypt. And they get to the Red Sea. God parts the Red Sea. Israelites walk across on dry ground. The Egyptians realize, hey, we want our slaves back. So they chase down. They send the entire army after the Israelites. They chase them down right through the Red Sea. The Red Sea crashes down on the army and obliterates. The military might of the greatest nation on the earth in one blow. And the Israelites make it to the other side. This is, uh, I wrote down here, what is it, Exodus chapter 14. They make it across the Red Sea. Exodus chapter 15, the next chapter, is a huge song praising God for the great thing he just did in Egypt. The plagues, the Red Sea, destroying the the Egyptian army, getting them across. That whole chapter, Exodus 15, is, is a song about how great God is. And then you know what happens in Exodus 16? Turn with me if you got it. Exodus 16, first couple of verses. All right, so they cross the Red Sea, Exodus 14. They sing about how great God is, Exodus 15. Uh, verse, let's see, 3, third verse, next chapter, Exodus 16. The people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Verse two says they grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, the whole congregation. So they see the miracles, the, the 10 plagues, they cross the Red Sea, they see the army obliterated, they sing about how great God is, and the very next moment, they're wondering where their next meal is gonna come from, and they forget all that God just did. Forget every, I mean, Everything, few verses, everything God just did. The God who, who darkened the whole nation. The God who, who turned the water into blood. The God who, who sent the, the fire from heaven. The God who uh, got us out of slavery for hundreds of years. Can't provide a few happy meals for lunch. They forgot everything God just did. I mean, did, they were watching here, God did it. They turned this way and immediately forgot. Immediately forgot They forgot so quickly, you notice, they said they wanted to go back into slavery. They forgot so quickly that they remembered slavery as abundance. Slavery. I mean, they were in slavery complaining. I mean, they were getting killed. But the famine and the difficulty and the storm of life they were in made them misremember what used to be. And so they remembered the slavery they were in as though it were abundance. They misremembered. They were wrong in their remembering. You see, forgetfulness makes us remember wrong. When we forget all that God has done, we misremember what used to be. We paint some things in a good light that really weren't, and we paint some things in a bad light that really weren't. We miss what God has placed there and now. And we miss what God has because we forget all that he has done, all of his goodness, all of his greatness. Think about the disciples when Jesus was arrested in the garden to get taken to be crucified. It says in scripture, they all ran from him, scared. They they saw the miracles. They saw him raise people from the dead. They saw him heal lepers. They saw him provide food for thousands of people. They heard him over and over and over again say, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to die, don't worry, I'm going to raise from the dead. They saw that, they heard that, and yet still in the moment, the, the situation felt overwhelming to them, and they forgot everything they had seen and heard, and they ran scared. And then they locked themselves in a room for a week because they were scared of what might happen because they forgot all that God had done. We are such as human beings, in danger of forgetting anything and everything. We're in danger of forgetting God's hand. We need to set reminders, whether it be post-it notes, whether it be on your phone, whether it be on your watch, whether it be uh, in any capacity anywhere. Maybe you put a post-it note on your fridge. You put a post-it note in your car. uh, you, You put it anywhere and everywhere. You need to remember what God has done for you And you need to remember the promises of God of what He will do for you. And so I've got something for you guys today. I did some work this week. I know some of you don't think pastors work. I got some stuff here little packets that I'm going to set here on on the platform. I got 36 different scripture passages of things that God has done, will do, or promises to do for you. 36! Some of you I've talked to this week and prayed with, you need to read through every one of these every day this week. (laughs) These are promises. Some of these I have written on post it notes in my office, but they're right here. If we need more, we'll get more. These are reminders. And these are just 36. I mean, this isn't even, you know, a drop in the bucket of what's in Scripture. This is just an example of things we need to remember, things we never need to forget. Katie taped this, This there's, there was a paper, I mean, similar to this, that uh, I gave out to you guys maybe, I don't even know, a year ago, year and a half ago, I think it was a year ago. Um, it was, uh, I think, Psalm 91. Um, and there's actually a misspelling on there, and I see it every time I look at it. But <laughs> I, I, Actually, it's not a misspelling. I think there's a backspace right in the middle. I, I, I must have hit it on accident. But it, Some of you know me, and it drives me a little crazy. But I see it there, but every time I see it on the pantry door, I read it. And it's a reminder of the season that God gave that to us. Not just as a church, I mean, but but to me. And what God has for me in that passage right now. It's a reminder of where he's brought me. Reminder of where he's brought my family. And it's a reminder of his provision now. And I see it every time I open it and I read it. Sometimes I read the whole thing. Sometimes I read the first few verses. Sometimes a different verse will catch my eye. But every single time I read it and it's there as a reminder of God's deliverance and provision. And so whatever you need to do with these verses, maybe, maybe there's a verse in here that you didn't even realize was there, maybe it's one you've read a thousand times before, and it's gonna hit you different today because of the season you're in right now. But however it hits you, set it as a reminder. You know, on, it, 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 on, if you have a smartphone, when you set an alarm on your phone, you can name it and put a little description about that particular alarm, And you can set it to go off every single day at a specific time. I've got one set for 219 every day to pray for something specific. Uh, And you can set it on there and you can list what that thing is. Maybe that's what you need to do is you need to set a reminder for a specific time of the day and put that whole verse in that reminder. So when it goes off, it'll show up on your phone as that reminder because you're going to need it. And maybe the reminder today is different than the one you're going to need tomorrow, but he's given it to you for a reason because we are in such danger of forgetting what God has done for us and what he's brought us through and what he has for us. And we've got to write it down. I mean, that's, we have scripture because God spoke it into the lives of people so that they could write it down for us to see God's hand today. If God hadn't spoke to Moses and given him this word to write down for us to have, we wouldn't be reading Genesis right now. It would have happened, but because it wasn't written down, we wouldn't be reading it. God's faithfulness for us. I remember a time, my, my granddad's with Jesus now, uh, my mom's dad, but I can remember a time that we sat down in his dining room uh, with a video camera and uh, my cousin, Mari, asked him all these questions uh, that my mom and my aunt uh, had come up with. And he started telling us all these stories that some of them we'd never heard of before. Some of them we thought, how are you still alive <laughs> after you did that? Uh, but it was God's hand weaving its way through his life. And we wouldn't had it if he didn't, I mean, he didn't write it down, but verbally speaking it so we could have it as a record. So that when he did finally pass into heaven, we had that video. Look at what God did in his life. Look at what God did. We had no idea some of the things he did until we heard him say it. You gotta write it down. It's it's for you. Writing it down is for you to remember. Like that verse, passage of scripture we got on our pantry. But it's also for other people. Look at what God did for me. Future generations. It's for your friends. Look at what God did for me. And then you can see it pop up on your Facebook memories. Oh, yeah, that's what God was doing on that day at that time. Look at what God did. Giving him the credit, not you. Look at what God did. God's hand. And we got to remember all that God has done and so if we're so busy remembering what God has done we'll be too busy to forget or there's another way to say it if you're, too bu- if you're so busy rowing the boat you're too busy to rock the boat if you're so busy moving forward in what God has you're too busy to knock people out of where God's trying to take you It's not about trying to knock other people down or knock other people down a peg or knock other people out as many of our culture try to do. And honestly, if we were truly honest with ourselves, we try to do it sometimes, even if we just do it in our own heads. It's all about moving people towards Jesus. It's all about moving people towards Jesus. Not trying to knock them down. Not trying to beat them up. Not trying to cut them down at the knees. It's about moving them towards Jesus, including me including myself because I need Jesus just as much as anybody else. We all need Jesus just as much as anybody else. And so it's about remembering, okay, this is what God has done for me. This is where God has brought me. This is where God has me. I can remember this moment and this time because that verse was posted at that place. I know exactly what I was going through then. I had a Facebook memory pop up today. I saw it this morning and I read it and I knew it wasn't actually what Something was going to happen the day after and I saw God's provision in giving me that reminder the day before something the bottom was going to fall out you see God's timing is always perfect and we need those reminders that we've got to set in the moment otherwise we are at risk of forgetting and there's all kinds of devastation that will wreak havoc in our lives when we do forget remember remember what God has done for you. Set that reminder. Take these pages. Set reminders, post-it notes all over your house. Make Walmart run out of post-it notes because we're going to take them all up using them all. You need some today. I've got some in my office. I'll give you before you leave. Say, I need some post-it notes. I'll give you a pack. I've got a pack in my office. Put, r- set reminders all over the place so the enemy doesn't have a chance to distract you into forgetting.